congregation Beth Shalom, where tonight Chazak, the Shabbat Project, and Breslov of Israel are proud to host a man that has inspired tens of thousands of people, if not more, all over the world. Arav Shalom Arosh! Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be hearing momentarily some words of inspiration, opening remarks by two dear friends of mine, Mr. Charlie Harari and Rabbi Shalom Yona Weiss. Just to do a little bit of an introduction, this past Shabbat was a Shabbat project, and Baruch Hashem, many, many people hosted individuals for Shabbat and encouraged them to come and to learn more about Yiddishkeit, about Judaism. But once the Shabbat project is over, we have to continue. It's not just about one Shabbat and that's it. We have to continue the inspiration. And Baruch Hashem, so happy to see you all come over here to get inspired by an amazing night of unity and inspiration. A little bit about the organization Chazak. As you hopefully all know about, Chazak's main goal and mission is to be mechazek, to inspire, to strengthen the community, every community, everywhere and anywhere possible. I always like to say that the middle two letters of Chazak are A and Z in English. From A to Z. Everyone and anywhere, everywhere possible. The Q, it's supposed to be a K, right? But the Q is strengthening Queens, based in Queens. Baruch Hashem, we're expanding all over tonight. We're in five towns. We do many events in Farak, Ukrainian, Barbark, Fabus, Muncie, Lakewood. We have a division now in Canada, Baruch Hashem, as well. And Baruch Hashem, the organization is expanding and we're not satisfied. Baruch Hashem, tonight as we speak, we have this amazing event. Tomorrow night we're going to be having the Rav, Rav Arash in, in uh, Manhattan. And then Tuesday night we're going to be having him in Staten Island. Tomorrow night as well we're going to be having the son of Rav Avadi Yosef, Rav David Yosef in Queens. And Tuesday night we're going to be having him in Greenwich. Wednesday night we're going to be hosting Rav Ali Mansour. Thursday night we have a special guest from Eretz Yisrael, another special guest from Viga Cohen and Matzah Shabbos as well. Every single night, every single day, every single program, Baruch Hashem, non-stop. This morning, Baruch Hashem, we had seven Sunday schools. We had a senior elder care program. We had a political activism program. We want to do everything and anything we can to bring people together and to inspire people and to change their lives. But we can't do it ourselves. We need everyone to get involved. Our main mission is to inspire the kids in public schools. There's 10,000 Jewish kids in public school. 10,000 kids that don't get a Jewish education, that don't know anything about Yiddishkeit. They don't know, many of them, Olive Base, Shema Yisrael, the basics. And our mission is to give them a Jewish education. Jewish education, no child left behind. Every single Jewish child deserves Jewish education. And we're all on the same boat. Moravar Abutai, ladies and gentlemen, we're all on the same boat. If there's one hole in the boat, the entire boat sinks. So we have to go out and we have to speak to our family members, to our friends, to our neighbors. Everybody has an individual that they know that goes to public schools. A Jewish child does not belong in public school. It doesn't belong. It's not like it used to be. Today it's much worse. So if anybody knows anybody that has a child, please make sure they reach out to Chazak. We'll do everything we can. We have a full-time staff in our headquarters in Jewel Avenue calling parents with kids in public schools, explaining to them the importance of Jewish education. And Baruch Hashem, in the last three years alone, over 800 kids, Baruch Hashem, Yishtabach Shem were transferred from public schools to Yeshiva. Baruch Hashem. 
But we can't be satisfied. We cannot be satisfied. We have 10,000. And Baruch Hashem, many of them come to after school programs. So again, please be part of the revolution. Let's change the world. Let's make the world a better place. And if you know of a community that needs some chizuk, some inspiration, please make sure to see us and we will be more than happy to go there and to organize these sort of events. At this time, we're going to call upon, like I mentioned, a very dear friend of ours, Rav Shalom Yonah Weiss Shlita, to give us some opening remarks before we call upon Charlie Rari and then Rav Shalom Ars. Let's give a round of applause to Rav Shalom Yonah Weiss. Music, please. Not often we get to uh, get introduced, not in the Ashkenazic world, to the music, it's Geschmack. Today, my father, Baruch Hashem, he should have been well to 120, so he's moving, so I was helping him move. So I went to his house, we're emptying out all the old stuff, and I found one of my old CDs, George Thorogood. I don't know if I'm dating myself here, if people know who he is, but the first, first song on his best CD is called Bad to the Bone. Bad. I think everybody here knows the song. I used to have, when I was 17, I had a, a Bronco, a truck. The big tires, big lights on top, and every time I started it, I made sure that that song was on to get going with my day, Bad to the Bone. Baruch Hashem, life is different now, and now I get introduced with Yom Chazak. So I want to just start with, with talking, you can't be in the presence of Rabbi Rosh, talking about these in Yanim without starting with Hakar Satayv. So to thank Yaniv and Shapsi and Rabi, all the guys of Chazak, you have no idea how much, all they do all day, uh, messages from Rabi, we're doing this, come by, this is happening, another shir here, another shir there. They're constantly, constantly thinking Kal and how they can help. And the Rabbi Yisrael Shatakmi mechazek them until 120, it shouldn't take anywhere near that long for them to achieve what they want, which is to bring Mashiach to Kainam here, Vyameinu, Amen. And to thank Ellie, Ellie Goldsmith, my dear friend, who put this together. <clears throat> Every single message we got on our little chat, planning this, I, I didn't plan it, I just showed up, is Ellie, guys, it's going to be geschmack. Every single thing is positive, is power, is kayach, is, it's just unbelievable to be involved with these people. And then, uh, I can't say enough to this chus that it is to be here, to... I don't know if I can call it opening up a little bit for Avarush, but to start with my dear friend, my brother, Charlie, to, uh, who I love so much and even more than I love, it's hard to say, but that I respect so much and that I have this list to open for, it's always, uh, it's always something special. So I thank the Rabbani Shalom for such a schus. So I try to, when I speak places, to take my cues from the master of all planning, from Rabbani Shalom himself. And it's very easy. I've gotten used to it. Just look around, open my eyes, open my ears, see what's going on, who's talking to me, what are we talking about? And that's what the Rav wants me to keep giving over. And I noticed over the last two years, it's a theme that's coming up over and over and over again. And it's constant chizik in it, constant, constant chizik in it. And that itself is part of the, 
the lesson that has to be given over. We all need constant, constant chizik. And nowadays, right now, not just nowadays, Tough Shin Pei, 2019, but nowadays, right now, where the nights are getting longer and everything's getting darker, it's getting more difficult. The power, the inspiration of the Yom Naram, of Hashanah Rabbah and Shemini Atzeres and Sifus Torah is starting to wane. I'm sure some of you are thinking it was starting to wane when I said, Brachat Hashem Ben But it's starting to really pull away from us and we're in the thick of it now. So I want to share with you a, a mashal from the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. It's a mashal that's very well known. It's a mashal I've personally spoken about in many, many of my shirim. And I want to just bring out one nakud of it to give you something practical to walk away with. So Baal Shem says that our lives, and this to me is something that nowadays which is so present in our lives, so needed in our lives, because so many people on so many different levels are struggling and hurting and in pain. And most of the pain has to do with that relationship, not most, all of it has to do with that relationship with the Rabbi Yisraelim, with Hashem, with the Shabbat Shemayim, with why isn't it closer, why isn't it more, why don't I feel it, why don't I sense it, why don't I experience and breathe my life with Hashem more. We say it in different ways, but that's what we're always saying. Zbashanta says, what looks like to be one of the cruelest, most sadistic things you could ever see. Someone who loves someone else, who builds up the trust in someone else, and says, hey, follow me. Come forward. And they put out their hands as if they're going to be there for that person. And then as soon as the other person has the courage to come forward a little... That other, that other person who was beckoning that one, backs up. We've all experienced this. And Emir Tzashem, everybody here, if you haven't experienced it, should one day soon experience it. It's what happens when you're trying to teach a little child to walk. So mommy or tati puts the baby down, and the baby's just happy coasting along on the, on the sofa. Nice, safe, nothing to worry about. Nice padded diaper just in case it falls. Everything's great. And then Tati or Mommy says, Come here, Kindalam. Come here. Come here, my sweet child. I, come. And the child grows little wings and says, Ah, Mommy and Tati, I know I can trust this one. They never drop me. And Mommy, for sure not. Tati, every once in a while, goes for a little higher throw than he should. But Mommy, for sure not. Mommy's saying, Come here. I love you. You could do this. And the baby waddles a little over, says, Okay, but... It's scary, but mommy or tati are here. So they're going to catch me. They never let me down. And you take the step forward, and what does mommy or tati do? Backs up. And the kid says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, we had a deal here. I was happy on that couch. What are you doing? You playing games? I, I don't find this funny. This is our life. And every nuance of this muscle is the lives of our nimshal. <laughs> The great distance between the child's intellect and the parent's intellect is nothing compared to the great distance between our intellect and the Ein Sof. The love that that parent has for that child. What's happening here? 
What does a parent want more than to give a huge, never-ending hug to that child? Nothing. The parent holds back on that feeling because if the parent will do that, it will smother the child. The child will never learn to walk. It'll be in Nebuchadnezzar its whole life. So the parent, the mother who loves that child so much says, I'm going to be misgaber. I'm going to hold back and not pick up the child even though that's what that child wants more than anything else in its life right now. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to back up and I'll let that child become what that child can become, what I believe in it to become. That's love. Is there a bigger hug than not hugging during that moment? For sure not. The easier thing is to pick up the child and hold him the whole time. That's one level of love. But to let the child grow, that's a much greater level. We're all dying for Hashem's hug. And we go through tough times and oh, we're, we're begging for it. And that hug, it may be in a shidduch and it may be in a better job and it may be in more shalom bias and it may be to have a child. And may, whatever that hug means to you in your life, we're dying for it. And Hashem says, Lech lecha, let's start this journey. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Rabbah, Shmiyatzer, Sukkot. You're like, okay, great, I'm ready, let's go. We're going we're gonna to be together, right? You're going to hug me. Yeah, 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 I got you. And then he backs up. And there's more darkness in the world, more darkness in our lives. So how do we, how do we keep stepping forward? How do we step forward every time Hashem backs up? What gives us the koach? So I want you to think for a second. Imagine the scene of that father or the mother and the child and the baby. Probably happened to some of you today. What happens when the baby starts to falter? What happens? The parent, instinctively, it can't help it, the, ch- the mother can't help it, reaches a little bit. And then, oh, Seichel takes over and says, no, it's not the right thing, and pulls back. That little reach, if you look around in your life, you will find, but you have to look for it. You have to look for it. You will find Hashem's instinctive reach out to pick us up. There was a tzaddik in this neighborhood, he passed away a few years ago, Rav Hanina Hertzberg, Zatzal, uh, Master Machanach. I was Zoha when I used to live in Frockway to go daven by him, and we would also sometimes walk to Shayasha together, so I got a lot of time with him. He told me he was going into surgery once, and as he was being wheeled into surgery, he was very scared, and everybody had to be left behind, his, his wife and his children and so on, and his whole support team, and the guy wheeling him to surgery didn't look like a yid, but as he's wheeling him in, the high necklace slipped out of the guy's shirt. And he's looking up at it as he's about to be put under into the scary surgery and he says, Hashem's here. Look for it. Look in the darkest moments, you'll find a little bit of a, of a light. And that light is Hashem saying, I want to pick you up so badly. But it's not the right thing for you. And this journey is something you need to take. And therefore when Hashem started this journey with all of Kal Yisrael, the very first communication between God Almighty Himself and the very first Jew was, Lech Lecha. And Rashi tells us, and I want you to know, sweetheart, it's for your good and for your benefit. And it looks like, a, and you're going to have ten more, nine more tests after this. It's going to get difficult. But this is for your benefit. You've got to step forward. You've got to keep moving forward. And you've got to find me there. This is really the message of this Haftorah. I don't have time to go into it, but if you look into this week's Haftorah of Parshas Vayera, 
With Isha Shanamis, Nebuchadnezzar, no one should ever suffer from this. She loses a child and she runs to the Navi. And the Navi asks, Hashalom lach, Hashalom Ishech, Hashalom Yel, is everything okay? Vatayma Shalom. And she says, It's fine. And that's the beginning of her Yeshua. She thanks Hashem at that moment. She says, Shalom, it's all good. And then Tchiyas Amesim happens right after that. If we want more bracha into our lives, this is what Rav Arush is going to talk about, I'm sure. And that's constantly what he's giving over. And it's constantly what we need to hear. But the chizik that we need to do is to say for a second, thank you Hashem for this part of my life. For being alone. For being in pain. Because it's you trying to hug me even harder right now. And how do I know it? Because stop and open your eyes and look you will find a little bit. Therefore, by the very first, if you could call it a curse, a punishment, the very first correction that Hashem sends to the world is to the moon. The moon, for, in whatever way, the moon had a taina on Hashem. It seems like you've, you've lessened my light in life. And Hashem tells the moon, and something very strange, the Pasuk ends, and the stars. And Rashi tells us, Hashem wanted to give the moon something to move forward with. What are you talking? You're punishing the moon. So take away its light and that's it. Move on. That's your punishment. You got to deal with it. And Hashem says, no, I never leave anybody alone. I'm not punishing to hurt you, Chas Shalom. This is the correction you need to, to grow, to get greater, to get closer to me. But I'm always going to leave you a little star. And if you look closely at that little star, from far away it looks like a little star. And that's how it starts. Far away is just a little drop of light in your life. But you get closer to it, you'll see that it's an entire planet of burning light. And that's what it is in our lives. There are little stars. You've got to look for them. And when you look for them and you look at them closely, you'll see that they'll light up your entire world. The mamish light up your entire world. I'll end with this young lady that I've been talking to lately. Very, very unbelievable person who's been through tremendous, tremendous amounts of trauma and difficulty. Erev Shabbos, about 15 minutes before Shabbos, she writes to me, Can I ask you to daven for me tonight? I'm in a rough place and I don't know how this Shabbos will end. I said, of course, what's going on? She said, I'm not sure what's happening to me, but I'm falling back terribly in all sorts of ways. And I've told her, bumps in the road always seem bigger and more difficult to get over the longer you've been on the road and the further up the road you are. The more the kid can work, the, the further back Hashem walks back. Because that's how, stronger the, how much stronger the kid is. She says, right before Shabbos, 408, we lit 418. It's a bump. It's something deeper that I can't place my finger on. She says something personal that I can't share. Rabbi Weiss, I'm keeping my phone on in case I need help for Shabbos. She's keeping her phone on in case she needs to reach out. Please just have me in mind. After Shabbos, she writes to me, I'm sorry about this. I was literally at a point where I was going to hurt myself due to something that I think triggered it. I'm okay now, but thanks. I told her, Baruch Hashem, I was worried, but knowing you reached out gave me confidence that you would pull through. And listen what she wrote. She writes a little that I'm not going to share. She sp said, I spent the entire Friday night crouching on the floor and I felt so broken, but so whole. 
because in the terrifying moments I found myself davening to him like never before. In a strange way, it was almost surreal. We've all found ourselves in that place. Maybe not actually in that moment of crouching for an entire night by a couch. But we're there, we take the steps forward and we feel Hashem move back. And we have to be thankful during those moments and see the stars in our lives. See Hashem reaching out instinctively because He only wants us to pick us up. And it's coming that time where it's the end. We're at the end of that little waddling and falling and back and forth. You know that the Tati and the Mami always pick the kid up. And we're almost there. And Mirza Hashem, the Bani Hashem should give us Koach to hold out for just a little bit longer, a little bit longer. To see the light in our lives. To let it light up all of the darkness of our lives of all Klai Yisrael. With the Mashiach to Canaan here. Amen. 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 Amazing, Rabbi Shalom Yoni Yashikach. At this time, we're going to be calling upon our dear friend, a man that inspires thousands of people all over the world. He's been by Chazak many, many times. Let's give a nice loud round of applause to Charlie Harari. I love going to Sfarty lectures, you get the DJ with you. <laughs> Such a much better way to come up, you know what I'm talking about? Thank you. Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. It's such an honor to be here. A couple seconds I have the opportunity to see Rabbi Arush, who's an individual who has changed the lives of so many people. His books have, lectures have totally changed Kali Yisrael. So last year we, had, we did this, again, we did this last year. And the last year's lecture, Rush told a story that changed my year. It rocked me. It like totally shifted me. And it, it just totally like set me in a different course of how I saw the world. It was one story. If you those here last year, you remember. He spoke about a woman that came to him after not having a child for, for many, many years and asked him for advice. And he said, I'm going to give you advice, but you're not going to listen. And she goes, I came to the rabbi for a reason. He goes, trust me, you're not going to listen. She goes, anything. He goes, I'm telling you. She goes, try me. He goes, yeah, okay, here goes. Want my advice for how to have a child? You haven't had it for many years? Go home and for an hour a day, remember this? For an hour a day, thank Hashem for not having a child. She goes, Robbie, you're crazy. He's like, I told you. So she says, okay. As the story goes, she goes home, she spends an hour a day thanking Hashem for not giving her children and within that year, Rabbi Rush was the son to get her child's breast. Now, I heard that story and my whole world shifted. Because I grew up in a world where you thank Hashem for good things, and then you cry to Hashem for things you, that are not good. Like, I never in my life ever heard someone say, you're supposed to take the things you don't want or you don't have and thank Hashem for that. That was a total chiddush for me. And I started trying to do that. And then I got all this great paraphernalia. Thank you, Hashem. Those, it's great. Hats, bracelets. And for the guys, I hope you're watching or if you're here. Keep them coming. And about halfway through the year, people were asking me, well, how does that even work? It seems like a gimmick. I'm not really thankful. Like, it's nice. Like, I'll thank Hashem for what I don't have if it'll get me what I want. But, like, I don't really, I'm not really thankful that Akhara Shbrokha didn't hook me up. Like, I really want a better life. I really want that thing to be solved. So, how does it help? 
Like, God doesn't know that I really am not thankful. God doesn't know that I really don't want this to be solved. So what happens? I get to say, thank you, Hashem, for things that are wrong. God's like, oh, okay, well, you said that. Check. Open the store. You know, check out page Amazon.God. Here you go. We have Prime up here. How does it work like that? So I want to share with you a little bit from what I said how it works. And if you understand, I think, the science behind it, then maybe when we go into our lives this year, and God forbid, I hope this never happens to anybody, but if something happens that we don't, have, that we don't like, we realize just what thank you Hashem is doing for us spiritually. So give me like a minute or five or a little more, but not that much more, to explain why thank you Hashem is changing your life. Let's start from the beginning. The beginning. Hashem created the world, and when Hashem created the world, He did it with total chesed. All Hashem wants to do is to be native, to give. He didn't create this world because He needs us to daven. You think Hashem needs like a bunch of broken prayers thrown up to God? He's God. He's cool. He's got it all covered. He created this world for one reason, one reason only, because He wants us to have an incredible life. He wants to give us an incredible life. That's what we have children for. That's the way He had us. That's why He created the world. And the beginning, the way I could have showed the Kodesh Baruch created the world, in the beginning, what he did was he just gave. The world was filled with light, unconditional light. You don't got to do anything. You don't have to dive in. Everything was Hashem giving. And Hashem built the world on the principles called chesed. Olam chesed yibaneh. The beginning of the world was built off the principle of Hashem just giving. Chesed in this context is unconditional giving. And just like Hashem created the world that way, we, our, old, our own worlds, were created the same way. So every single child comes into this world under the same exact context. And I'm going to elaborate on what, what my, my close friend Rishol Mion said a minute ago. So if you came into this world, the reason why you came into this world is because when you first showed up, somebody showed you incredible chesed. And when you were here for the beginning, somebody carried you around, you never walked in the beginning, you never even spoke. All you did was cry a little bit and everyone's trying to figure out what you need and they feed you and then they clean you. And if you look at a baby when it comes to this world, what the baby gets to live, we could have been born like animals. A, a, a horse comes out and after a few seconds, it's galloping around. But a human comes out and what it needs to live is somebody else giving it unconditional love. No matter what. You eat, you drink, you get changed. Everything about you, somebody else is giving you for nothing in return. If a two-month-old child takes a bottle and throws it on the floor because he's mad, mom doesn't go like, really? Really? Okay, now we're going to learn you don't get to eat for the rest of the day. Then we call the cops on the mom. Why? Because it's not how it works. You're in the period of chesed. Now, any parent in the room, you know what I'm talking about. Watch what happens. The world begins with something called chesed. For those of you who have a little bit of a background in Panemius or Kabbalah, you know that chesed is the right. That's how everything starts with chesed. But every parent knows the following. At some point in a child's life, chesed goes from being a good thing to being a bad thing. When the kid's little, the kid needs a bottle. But when the kid starts to go to school and math gets hard, then that chesed of the parent of trying to solve and carry is inappropriate. Oh, there are moms going like, what, I can't take care of my kids till he's like 40? No. We can't helicopter all of our children, just our youngest. 
And that kid starts struggling with math homework and what a parent wants to do is give chesed. What a parent wants more than anything in the world is to go be a Baal Chesed and go, you know what, I know you're, uh, it's tired, you're late, let me just tell you the answers. And like Shalomir was saying, or Reb Shalomir was saying, he goes, and the kid starts to walk a little bit, and the parent, and the kid falls once and starts to cry, and what mom wants to do, he goes, you know what, I'll just carry you for the rest of your life. I'll carry you, then I'll teach you how to drive, it'll be fine. And then the kid goes to camp for the first time, and everything is wonderful, and that big bus pulls up, and, he, and the kid looks at mom and goes, I, oh, Dad, I don't want to go to camp, I'm, I don't want to go to camp. And a parent wants to go, you know what, I just became the head counselor of that camp, look at that. You get to go to camp, and I'll just, you can sleep in my bunk, it'll be great. And the parents got to go, no, nah, I can't, you got to go. But I'm scared, I know. What a parent wants to do to a child, as the kid gets older, is chesed, 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 chesed. But what a parent understands is that if I give chesed too much to that kid, I don't give space to my kid to be his own person. So what a parent has to do is exercise a different midah. That midah is called gvura. If you're familiar with how spheres work, chesed's on the right and gvura's on the left. Chesed is giving, gvura actually is holding back. Ezehu Gibor, the Mishnah says, Hakovish es Yisrael. Kovish means to conquer. It's holding back. When I give, I'm in chesed. When I hold back that which what I want, I am in gvura. And by the way, every parent knows that it's a bigger chesed to have gvura than to have chesed, if you know what I mean. It's a bigger kindness to your child to bring him to the doctor, even though you don't want that doctor to hold him back and give and stick a thing down that kid's throat. But in case you got to know if that kid's got strep, it's got they've got to get they've got to get tested. And when that kid looks at you and goes, "Really, you're bringing me to the guy in the white glove and the white coat for real to stab me?" You call yourself a mom? Shame on you. You want to be like, you know what? Forget it. Forget the whole thing. It'll be okay. Just I'll, I'll build a bubble and you can live in my bubble for life. But what a parent needs to do. And it's the hardest thing in the world is hold that kid down as a kid screams. That parent at that point has something called gvura. And gvura is even harder. Kodesh Baruch who creates the world and he creates the world in chesed. And then you know what Hashem realizes? It's wonderful, but guess what I don't have? I have all chesed. I'm nothing else. And so the Kodesh Baruch who does what's called in in Kabbalah speak, it's tzimtzum. He holds himself back. He exercises gavura. And to the person, what kid wants mom and dad to not be there for them every single time? What kid looks at mom and dad and goes, oh, you didn't do my math homework? Oh, you're making me clean up? Oh, you're taking me to the guy in the white coat to stab me? Oh, you're making me get on a bus? Thanks, you're not a good parent. Because little kids see parents and they judge how good they are by how much kindness they give. Because they're not old enough to realize that the greatest kindness a parent can give sometimes is holding it back. This is the story of our lives. Because HaKadosh Baruch creates a world and at first he says, it's on the house. And then he goes, you know what's going to happen if it's on the house? I'm going to build a bunch of soft, weak snowflakes. You know what I need? I need superstars. You're my nation. You're supposed to take over the whole world. You're supposed to bring my light into the planet. 
I picked you, handpicked you, and put you on this earth to represent me. And every one of your souls has a different journey. And you know what my job to do, Hashem says, is my job is to bring that out in you. And sometimes I bring that out in you by giving you things. And sometimes I bring it out in you by holding things back. But trust me, if I'm doing it for you, it's because I'm your dad. And I want you to have the best life ever. And for most Jews... They look up in God and go, well, when you're giving me stuff, then obviously you love me. But when you're holding something back, then maybe you're not there. You know what thank you Hashem really does? Is it changes the game. Because back to being a parent. You know when your child changes in your mind? You know when the child goes from being a kid to being like a little bit older? You know when that child shows its first bit of maturity? Is when the kid looks at you as mom and dad and go, Ma, dad, like I have no idea why you're not letting me out with my friends at 2 o'clock in the morning. But my sense is that you got my back. Like I'm putting all the pieces together and you're, you're taking care of me here and here. And you're doing this and you're doing that and this. And I don't understand how come you're making me do this. Or you're making me go to Israel. Or you're making me do these things. Or you're having me have to do all these things. I don't really get it. But I got to tell you something. I trust you. You got me. And sometimes you get that when they're 15. Sometimes you get that when you're 18. Sometimes they got to have them get married with kids before they come back and tell you that. All the moms in the room are like, it's never going to happen for mine. But at some point, when your child comes back and goes, remember the whole thing you did for me? I get it now. The kid moves from being a kid in your eyes to being a little bit more like an adult. That's the journey of the Jew in their lives. You begin little and you go, Hashem, just give me stuff. I'm hungry. Lollipops, lollipops. I want good. I want good. I want grades and I want friends and I want everything. And I want to go. And I please more, 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 more. And then you get older and the stuff gets, starts getting complicated. And you turn to the Kurdish Baruch and go, and I want to get married on time. And I want to get this. And this person's sick. Give me, give me, give me. And the Kurdish Baruch holds back because the Kurdish Baruch is exercising Gvura. Because what he's saying to you is, you have a ticket in this world. Your soul's put in this world for a reason. You're in the fourth quarter of Jewish history for a reason. And I gotta hold this one back for you. And for some people, they'll never let it go. They'll never let it go. They'll never have one minute where they'll let Hashem go. I trust you. Because they're still kids. They could be 50, they could be 70, they could be 90 years old. But they still turn to the Kurdish Baruchu, and they're still kids. But the greatest nachas you give the Kurdish Baruchu, or one of it, is you turn to the Kurdish Baruchu and go, I don't get it. But look around. You put me here for a reason. It's unbelievable. And I trust you. I don't know why this is happening for. But I trust you. Thank you for the tough times. Thank you for the hard moments. Because that's your exercising of Gavura. And if I know you, Hashem, it's probably harder for you not to give to me than to give to me. Because if I love my kids, you love me more than I love my kids because I'm human and you're not. And I don't know why in the world you're making me do this or go through this. But let me tell you something. I know enough to know that you love me more than I love mine. And therefore, that gavura must be really hard for you, Hashem. It's hard to take my kids to the doctor. Can you imagine what it must be like for you to see one of your children in pain? Thank you, Hashem. Thank you for the tough times. And when a Jew says that, the Kush Baruch goes, what? probably says it in Hebrew, but anyways. He says, What? And all of a sudden, you change. And that, I think, is the secret of thank you, Hashem. 
It changes you from being a child to being an adult. It changes you as a person from moving Hashem out of the world of Gura, right back into the middle, into the world of Teferis, which is harmony, into the world of Rachman. Because that's our goal, and that's our job. Let me tell you one quick story, and then I'm going. There's a great story that I read from Ari Biederman, which is where everyone reads stories now, about a man named Baruch Frankel. Listen to this, it's very quick. Baruch Frankel was a man that lived, I think it was in the early, late 30s, early 40s in Europe. Okay, we're good. I got it. Tell Big Judah that we'll call, he'll call him back. Roberto Frank lived in the late 30s, early 40s, and he came to America. They had no money in Europe. So he comes to America with a friend of his to open up a store in order to have enough money to send back to Europe to his family. So he opens up store one, and his friend opens up store two, and they're in America working, and they're making enough money, and they're sending checks back to Europe to live. Baruch's store was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he needed, he needed to get a loan, but he couldn't get a loan. He wasn't from this country. He wasn't even an immigrant. So he goes to an American guy, and he makes a partnership with the American guy. And this guy's job was to provide the money because he's got citizenship here. So this American guy becomes this Baruch's guy's partner, and he'd be able, he's able to get them a loan, and his business starts to grow. So time goes on a year, two, three years later, and, ba- and this guy's, Bar- Baruch's friend is with him, and Baruch has a business with him and his partner, and they said three years, and we're going to have enough money, we can go back to Europe, and they're about to get to the boats to go back to Europe, they all have enough money, and before they get back on the boat, Baruch finds out that in, in Europe, his father passes away. So he calls this, he calls the rabbi, he goes, Rabbi, what do I got to do? Rabbi goes, you got to sit ship. He goes, where? He goes, in America. So he tells his friend, Greg, friend goes, he goes, don't wait for me. And his friend goes, you sure? He goes, absolutely, go back. And his friend takes the money he makes from, from the store in Europe, in, in America, gets in the boat and goes, wait, Baruch said Shiva. So Baruch was sitting around, he wanted to go back, but he's stuck in America. And he's sitting in Shiva one day, two days, three days. For halfway through the Shiva, his partner comes in, his American business partner, and says, by the way, we want to, we're supposed to get all these loans, and things fell through, I need your signatures. He goes, I'm sitting in Shiva. So he goes, I know, but it's last minute. If I don't get it, i got to get all the papers. He goes, okay, bring them to me. And as he's sitting Shiva and he's in Menachal level, he's signing documents from his American business partner. After Shiva's over, he gets up and he goes to the store and he sees the store's empty. And he goes, what? And he goes to the door, the door's locked. So he calls up the bank and goes, what happened? I, we, we signed documents for loans. Why is it empty? He goes, the bank goes, the, the loans? I didn't sign any loans. He goes, what are you talking about? He runs this bank and goes, bank goes, loans? You didn't sign any loans. He goes, what do you mean? I, I, I signed loans, loans to get more money to open up a bigger store. And the bank goes, loans? Those weren't loan documents. Those were transfer documents. He goes, transfer documents? He goes, yeah, your partner showed up. Last week, he showed me all the documents. You signed all of your property in his name. He goes, what are you talking about? I didn't do that. He goes, it's gone. He took all the money, shut down the store, and he left. Three years of work, all the money, for nothing. His family's still in Europe, but he doesn't have enough money to buy a, a ticket to do anything. This guy turns to the Kurdish Baruch and says, Thank you, Asha. You think I know how to run this world? You think you don't want me to see my family? You think, you think, you think I love my kids and my wife more than you want me to love? Are you kidding me? They're your kids more than my kids. Sits home and imagine, imagine what Muslim like that night. Sits in America without a dollar after three years of working hard. Some guy took all his money. Next day he goes up to try to open and get a job. He can't find the job. He tries to get, finally gets a job. He wants to open up a new store, but guess what? He's not a citizen. So he starts applying for citizenship. A week, 
A month? Can you imagine how many Shabbos he's alone? How many Pesachs he's alone? How many Yom Kippur he's alone? Thank you, Hashem. It's you. Thank you, Hashem. It's you. You think I'm arguing on your Gevura? You think I'm the one who knows how to be a parent? A year later, finally, he becomes a citizenship. He opens up a new store. A year after that, the store's making money again. Another year after that, he finally has enough money to go home. Now he's in America six years. Now we're in the 1940s. He finally has enough money and the store going in his name. He gets in a boat, he goes to Europe. And when he gets to Europe, you know what he finds? What happened in Europe in the mid-1940s? The war breaks out. And no one can get out. But you know what he is now? An American citizen. So as the war starts to rage, he takes his entire family into the U.S. Embassy and gets passports for his entire family. Puts him on a boat, brings him back to a thriving business, and he lives happily ever after. You think God doesn't want him to win? Thank you, Hashem. My bracha to all of us is that we should give Hashem the biggest nachas he deserves. Every parent deserves their children turning to them and saying, I don't get you, but I trust you. Every parent. It's the sweetest thing when, he, when, a parent's, when a kid says to a parent, Ma, I don't get you, but I trust you. My brach is that the Kurdish Baruch should get that from us. We should turn to the Kurdish Baruch once and say, Hashem, I don't get you. But I don't get a lot of things in life. I don't get the internet, but I don't ask any questions. But I trust you. And with that, we should be so to be able to turn to Hashem and say that. And once we say that, He can open up all the doors to say, you know what, you finally are adults. I can give you things that only kid, that weren't shayach for kids before and give us the life that we deserve with Mashiach Sitkanim from Harabim. Anyway. Charlie, thank you very much. Inspiring as usual. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask you all to please rise. We ask the men to join us closer towards the entrance as we're going to welcome a man, as we all know, inspiring people all around the world. Let's welcome Arav Shalom Arash. We're going to ask the men to join us closer towards the entrance. We have some dancing space. Join us, join us.
big thanks to Hazat, everyone who raised their hands to Hazat, the organization that helped so much with this wonderful event. We are Breast of Israel, Amuna is our future tour, and we're so happy to open up now with Rav Shalom Marashlita and Rav Diane Elgrad. We mustn't forget he came special all the way from Yushalayim, a Diane, someone who's very busy with the Kehillah, and we have a lot of appreciation. He's going to translate the Rav for us. And we also want to also make a big thanks to our wonderful Shabbat project friends, specifically the, the uh, wonderful women who've helped run this event from behind the scenes. I don't know if they want me to mention their name, but I just will say a big thank you to them. You'll, you'll see them by the door, and just everyone should just know there's some special people in the Five Towns community, including our wonderful, wonderful speakers, Rav Shalom Yonah Weiss and Rav Charlie Harari. He doesn't get called Rav, I'm sorry. Mr. Charlie Harari, I apologize. Um, and it's amazing what they speak about, and we're so happy to share the stage and the light of Amunah with such wonderful people, and we thank Hashem Be'emes for that such an experience to come together. Please now, we would like to welcome Rav Shalom Marish to speak, and everyone, please share these wonderful moments with your friends and family, and let's build this together. And he didn't 
גם לא לגוף שלו. He's not even referring to my body. כי הזוהר אומר שהגוף הוא רק לבוש של הנשמה. כמו שאני לא אומר לו אתה זה המעיל, גם לא אתה זה הגוף, אלא זה אתה זה הנשמה. ZANG EN MUZIEK הנשמה של האדם היא אלוקים. הנשמה של האדם, אדם יעשה את כל העבירות שבעולם. ולפני שאישה נעשה את כל העבירות שבעולם, יתעורר בבוקר, מה יגיד? נשמה שאתה תביא תהורה. אז מה זה נקרא שאתה זה נשמה? מה זה בפירושו? פירושו שאתה טוב. ואתה רק רוצה לעשות טוב. המהות שלך האמיתית זה רק להיות כיצור השם כראוי בשלמות. הרע זה לא אתה. רע זה יצא רע. צריכים לעשות הפרדה. אני נשמה. אני רק טוב. אני רוצה רק לעשות טוב. אני רוצה להיות רק להיות קיצון השם כראוי בשלמות. הרע זה לא אני. הרע זה אצל רע. וכשאדם יודע לעשות הפרדה, הוא יכול לצאת את היצר רע. כל מה שיצר רע מנצח את הבן אדם, כי הוא אומר לו שהרע זה אתה. 
because it persuades him that the bad things are the person himself. A person is only good, but the bad is not part of it. The battle is a psychological battle. Rabbi Nachman Abresov said that the main thing the Yetzirah wants is not for you to sin, but it's you to be sad and depressed and not believe in yourself. If a person remembers that the bad things are not him, that he is only good, then he can approach Hashem with the correct attitude. And he can say to him, Hashem I only want you. But you gave me Yetzirah, the bad desires. And you know that I only want you. Give me the strength to overcome the bad things that I have. The main essence of the Yetzirah is to make a person believe that he is bad himself. I'd like to read to you several portions from the book Nikutsi Halachas that Rabbi Natsan of Breslev wrote. He says that we see something that we can't understand. There's some people who do such evil things and suddenly they become badly children. We know that we have a rule that Navera transgression causes another transgression to follow it. And therefore, logically, a bad thing should cause off that another bad thing to happen, and another bad thing, and even greater things. So, logically, how can a person do truth? And that's the question. Where does he get the power to eventually overcome all these bad things and to do tshuva?
מי שלא ראה את הגויים האלה לא יכול להבין. ממש יש להם נשמה. They have a dear and precious soul that has the power to overcome the gates of honor and all of its business. Because I'm going to show them who never to the person gates of honor that you can't defeat. Okay. Thank you. 
Because that is a reality that you cannot deny. You have a soul that is part of the divine, that is godly. And Rabbi Nathan writes, your soul has the power, even the smallest person, the person on the lowest level, your soul can defeat everything the Yetzirah throws at you. Azar Kotev. Amtsiud. Azar Amtsiud. Atam Nishama. The Zohar writes, that's the reality. You are soul. The bad is not you. Unfortunately, the other Bonim, pardon them, who didn't learn the Zohar, who didn't learn the books of Kutimoran, who teach people that they are bad, that they are weak, that this they can't overcome the Yet Sehora, pardon them, that is absolutely wrong. It says here explicitly that 
We see that really and truly, every single one of you is, has a great and immense power. And the only Yitzhahara is that you don't see what your own power is. And according to the way that you yourself fall into Moichin de Katnus, which means that you think you're so small and powerless, according to that level, so does the Yetzirah overcome you and make you a slave to your lusts and negative desires. All these concepts, I'm bad, I'm evil, it's nonsense, it's foolish. I am so, the bad is not me. The evil, the bad is the Yetzirah, not me. And the, the first thing in order to defeat it is to believe that I am good. I am a holy soul. The bad is not me. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows this. He knows that you're good. He knows that you have a Yetzirah. And when you come to HaKadosh Baruch and you say to him, you know that I'm good. I only want to do good things. And the proof is that it hurts me when I don't manage to do good things. It hurts me when I do bad things. If that was my essence, why would it hurt me? You know, there's a book which is called Spirits Tell and written by the great Mekubolim, Rabbi Yudah Ptaya of blessed memory. He asked the evil spirits, You do evil things. Hashem is going to punish you. And they answered him, that is our essence. We don't have the ability not to do bad things. We don't even have choice. Even though we know there's a creator and will be punished for it, this is our essence. We can't overcome it. That is the evil spirits. Not your holy soul. Your holy soul only wants to do good. All these concepts, I'm bad, I'm evil, it's nonsense, it's a lie. Because that's what you can do. 
That's why you can't strengthen your faith. You can't overcome your problems. That's why you're not getting close to Hashem. When you are able to separate the things, then you can speak to Hashem. How can a person speak to Hashem when he thinks that it's evil? He can speak to Hashem. Is he even worthy to come close to Hashem? He can't. That is the true essence of the Eight Samaritan to persuade you that you are bad and evil. I am good. I am soul. The soul is part of Hashem. If you're saying that you're bad, you're saying that HaKadosh Baruch was bad. That's why when you come to Hashem and you say to Him, Hashem, I am good, but I have a Yetzirah. Help me. And it says in the Gemara that unless Hashem helps me, I'm unable to overcome the Yetzirah myself. Help me, Hashem. I don't want this bad. I don't want this evil to be part of me. I want to overcome it. Give me the strength. Of course, there's the eighth horror which is this small, but you can easily defeat. But if a person has a difficult lust, which he's enslaved to, for example, he has a lust for drugs, or he has a lust for alcohol, or Oh, for example, he has the lust of betting and gambling. Oh, he has the lust of the negative desires. His eyes, they like run from side to side, inspecting everything that walks in the street. Remember, that is not you. All these years you followed in the footsteps of the Yetzirah and now you have these negative lusts and desires. But if you remember that's not me, that's not my desire, that's not what I want, you already defeated the Yetzirah. And then you need to know you've had habits all these years. 
And that's why you have to stand in front of Hashem every single day. And beseech Him and ask Him, Hashem, give me the power to have a clean day. Remember, the first thing that you need to know when you want to start is you have to understand what is going on. You have to believe in yourself, knowing who you are, believing that you only want good. And before everything, you first and foremost believe in yourself, and then you have the right attitude to tackle the problem, like I'm going to explain. If you want to go and pray to Hashem, you first and foremost believe that you want to pray to Hashem and that you have the power to pray and you believe in yourself. Hashem, Give me the power to overcome the Yates of Horror that wants to rob me from prayer. For every single thing you go before Hashem, this is, I believe in myself, this is my desire, this is my true will. I want to eat only in order to have the strength and the power so that I can work and worship you. And then you can overcome it. That's how you overcome it. Even if a person did a most terrible and grave sin, how does he start approaching Hashem? He says to Hashem, Hashem, true, I sinned a very grave sin. But that's not me. That's not my true will. That's not my essence. And here, the proof is that it hurts me, it pains me. The proof is that I'm not happy with it. And the only reason that I failed is because I forgot who I really am. And I'd like to ask for your forgiveness that I forgot who I am and because of that I failed. Rabbi Nachman Abreslev said about himself, 
If I will do the greatest sin in the world, I will still remain happy. Why? Because Rabbi Nachman and Breslev knew who he really was. Why didn't he fall into sadness and depression? A person that falls into that thinks of the bad side. That's really him. That is the work of the Yetzirah, to cause you to be sad. Feeling the sad, feeling despair, feeling depressed, that's all because you think that the sins and the bad side, that's, that is who you really are. Rabbi Nachman Abbasim said, if I do the greatest sin in the world, I will still remain happy. And I'll do tshuva, I'll repent. When a person falls into sadness, he can't do tshuva, he can't repent. Before every single thing, before we do tshuva, before we pray, before we want to change our ways, you first of all have to believe in yourself. Know who you are. Be happy with who you are. And the more happier you are, the more power you will have to overcome the Yetzirah. Tell Look, when a person forgets who he is, he is a danger and a menace to himself and to the world. He's a danger to himself, just like I explained. And why is he a danger and a menace to the world? Because when you don't believe in yourself, you don't believe in others. Why was Noah able to, to help anyone else do tshuva in his generation? Because it specifically says in the Chumash that Noah did not believe in his own power. He didn't believe in himself. And if he did, he can't believe in himself. How can he believe in the rest of the world? When you believe in yourself, when you believe in your own power, knowing that you are only good, and the Yetzirah, that's not you, you believe in others. You believe in your child. You know that your child is only good, and the bad things, that's not him. Most of the children today that we see that have troubles, you know why that is? That's because their parents told them, you're bad, you're doing bad things, that's who you are. They stop believing in themselves. 
עד שהוא זקן, חושב שהוא רע, מה זה עכשיו? עד שיבוא לשיעור שלי. What a poor child, he thinks he's bad, he thinks he's evil, until he comes to my class. And then even if he comes to my class, he sits and he hears, he doesn't believe in himself, he doesn't believe what I'm saying. All his life, everyone told him it is bad and evil. His parents, himself, his Yetzirah, that's what he thinks about himself. That's not how you do tshuva, that's not how you repent thinking that you're bad. Only when you know that you are good, only then can you do tshuva. Only when you separate completely knowing that you are good and the bad is not you, only from there starts faith, starts tshuva repentance, and the connection with Hashem, with Hashem begins. Peace and tranquility at home. When you only see the good side of your spouse, you believe in the good side of the other person. That is the true inner meaning of what we say, a good eye, a positive thought. That's the meaning. Abraham, she means Avram Avinu, who believed in himself, that's why he's called the head of all the believers. That's why he had the power to, to make many people convert to Yiddishkeit, because he believed in himself. He who believes in himself can make the whole world do true. Everyone that comes to you, you believe in them. People come before you and they're broken, they're devastated. They believe that they're bad and evil. And you tell them that's nonsense, that's lies. The Yates of horror, the bad side, that's not you. Really and truly, רציתי עכשיו להסביר לכם, כן? בעניין, אחרי שאנחנו עכשיו למדנו את העניין של מאמין בעצמו, כן? נוכל להבין את העניין של התפילה. I want to explain to you now, after we learned about believing in ourselves, now we can explain to you about prayer. 
Our sages say that your prayer is accepted according to the level of your faith. What does it mean when a person has such faith that his prayers will be accepted completely and fully? A. He believes in himself. That he's good. That he's a righteous person. That he only wants good. B. He knows that Akkadosh Bofu also knows who he is. That Akkadosh Bofu knows that I'm good. That I'm a pure soul. That I'm part of Akkadosh Bofu himself. Only want to do good. Shadosh. Three. He knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give him only good and everything. We're talking about normal. We're talking about normal people, not for people who say to Hashem, Hashem, give me a plane, give me a helicopter, <laughs> give me great riches. <laughs> Just because I want to be rich. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Riches is not even something that you need to desire. Hashem decides it. You need to want only to work and worship Hashem. I'd like to ask you a question. A mother says to a child, please go to the grocery store and buy me something. And the child is embarrassed to say to his mother, Mommy, can I please have some money? Because he thinks, what, I'm going to ask my mother to give me money? She doesn't want to give me money. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that completely ridiculous that when a father goes to his child and says, go buy me something, the child is afraid or embarrassed of asking his father for money because he thinks his father is going to decline him? Doesn't that mean that child is a bit cuckoo? 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 <laughs> 
How would you say it in English? It's the same thing applies to every single one of you here. The same applies if you think to asking Hashem for things that you need in order to worship Him. Do you think Hashem is going to tell you to do something and is not going to give you the things you need? That you need them to do it? Hashem wants you to do this commandment and is not going to give you the ability to do it? Before I did Shuva, I was a very hard worker and I saved a lot of money. Baruch Hashem, I did tshuva, and my brother, who didn't do tshuva at the time, had a girlfriend that I wanted him to get married and not to live in sin. I said to him, I'm going to give you all my money. Get married, keep family purity. I gave them all the possibilities and the options to live together the way they should. And they said to me, but what's going to happen when you need to get married? I said to them, I don't understand. When Hashem wants me to get married, He's going to give me everything that I need to get married. I might sound an imaginary person, but my wife is outside, ask her. When we already made the shidduch between us, I told her I have two apartments, empty apartments, choose in which one you want us to live. A doctor that learned with me in yeshiva heard that I wanted to get married. He said to me, listen, I have an apartment which I've already rented. You can have it for free for a whole year. Another apartment I got for free for the rest of my life. Then I got more apartments. Tell me, what do you say? It's a big thing giving an apartment. Can Hashem give people apartments? People are so stupid and lacking in moon and faith. No, I don't want to have children now because we don't have a proper livelihood currently. Really? 
You think you provide? A person came to me crying. He wanted to kill himself. He said to me, wanted to die. He has nothing to provide for himself, for his wife, for his children. They live in a tiny, tiny house. He has nothing. I said to him, do what I tell you and you'll become rich. First of all, tell your wife to bring to this world another child. He said to me, what, how am I going to bring another child to the world? I can barely provide for what I have. Thanks Hashem that he listened to me, they did what I told them to do, and now he is a rich person. A person thinks that if Hashem commands you to do something, He's not going to give you the power and ability to do it? And then a person goes to Hashem, Hashem, give me money to buy filling, give me money to go to Uman. Give me money to buy an apartment when needs an apartment in this world. It's exactly like the father who tells his son to go and buy something and the child is afraid and embarrassed of asking his father for money. If you believe in yourself that you only want to do good and if you know that Hashem knows that you only want to do good, and you ask Hashem the things that you need in order to do Hashem's will, you will get everything that you ask when you need it. We see it in this week's Pasha. Eliezer, the slave of Avraham Avinu, was certain that he will find Yitzchak's wife. He was so certain that he prayed and everything he requested, he received it immediately and said, thank you for it. I'd like you to know, let's explain the third thing in a way that will be more understandable. A person needs to believe in his prayer. If you don't believe in your prayer, that means you don't believe in Hashem. 
כי אתה חושב שאתה, השם לא ישמע לך. Because you think that Hashem is not going to listen to your prayers. Nama. Why? Nama no Why shouldn't Hashem listen to you? You're good. You only want to do good. Hashem knows that you're only good. He knows that you only want to do good. But Hashem wants to do good. Hashem wants to And you want to ask him like a normal person all the things that you need in order to live in this life the way Hashem wants you to live. So why shouldn't Hashem listen to you? Even without prayer you should receive what you need. But what? We have a rule. You first of all need to pray. Because Hashem created this world with rules. Just like their natural rules. For example, when you put water on the fire in a can, it boils. They're also spiritual rules. And the strongest spiritual rule is prayer. Why? Because prayer has the ability to change the natural process of things. Prayer can change your luck. And even if a person has a verdict in heaven, prayer can change that verdict. Prayer is the strongest rule in this world. Because it can change all the other rules. You need to know that prayer is the strongest rule. Rabbi Nachman addressed the right that every single word in our prayers is a vessel to receive the abundance. Today, just what happened today, I say this every day, I say to people, do an Arabic bodidut, speak to Hashem. And what do they say? Oh no, it's difficult, I can't speak to Hashem. What are you lacking? You're lacking faith. And everyone here is lacking faith. So what do you need to ask Hashem for in the beginning? Give me faith. Even faith comes from Hashem. You have to ask Hashem, Hashem, give me faith. Give me faith. Give me full and complete faith. Give me the faith. that you are listening to what I'm praying to you. No, I believe, but I don't have to pray to Hashem. I don't have to speak to Him. If you believe, if you have faith, you speak and you pray to Hashem. And he who doesn't speak to Hashem does not believe. 
Hashem is standing beside you. He's the only doctor in the world. There's no other doctor except for him. He's the only provider in this world, the only one who gives money. He's the only matchmaker in this world. He's the only one who can give you happiness in this world. He's the only one who gives faith. He's the only one who gives anything and everything. Children, peace and tranquility at home. He gives you the power to overcome your negative desires. He gives you mind and wisdom and knowledge. And you need a lot of it. Oh, there's so many things. But you don't speak to him. Because you don't believe in him. Smile. Laugh at yourself. So what is the conclusion of what we've said? You have to speak to Hashem. A person needs to ask and beseech Hashem, Hashem, give me faith, give me faith. In the first year that I did Shuva, I was praying all the time for Hashem to give me faith, give me faith, help me do Shuva, help me repent, give me faith. Someone came up to me and he said to me, I find it difficult to do it, Bodadut. I said to him, it's because you're not picturing it correctly. You need to think that you're going in front of your heavenly father who wants to listen to you and who wants you to pray to him and wants to give you everything that he can. But there's a rule. If you don't pray and you don't ask, you don't get. So you just have to pray. And now we'll explain something that I've encountered so many times. Today I encountered it countless times. People say to me, how can I say thank you for the bad things that happened to me? First thing we need to remember, Rabbi Nathan Rabbi Natan of Breslev says in the Kutei Halachot that if Am Yisrael would say thank you to Hashem even for the bad things that happened to them Surely, 
all the problems, all the troubles that we have would be nullified and they would disappear. And all the exiles that we had would go away and Mashiach Tzidkenu would come. Amen. I'm always hearing stories that people say, I said thank you, and I saw miracles, and people said to me, what, this is the power of thank you? And I said to them, yes, Rabbi Nathan writes, surely if you say thank you for the bad things, Will all the troubles be nullified and disappear? You're not married yet. Say thank you that you're not married yet. Say thank you. You'll find your soulmate. Say thank you. You'll be healthy. People have anxieties and fears. Say thank you. <laughs> אמריקאים, <laughs> So what do you do? You have fears and anxieties. Say thank you, Hashem, that I have fears and anxieties. What is the wisdom behind saying thank you? Before you say thank you, you blame something or someone else. You either blame another person that according to you, all your troubles are because of him. But you either blame yourself that you're evil and you're bad and you deserve it. Or you blame yourself you have no faith and you blame yourself for other things. Or you either say that it's a natural process of things. It might be in horror and evil eye. Or it might be witchcraft. Or it might be luck. Or it might be luck. And when you say thank you, then you realize that it's Hashem that did this to me. And it's all for my better good. What better good can they be if I'm not married, if I'm sick, if something else bad happened to me? You need to believe. To understand, no one can understand. But if you believe, you will eventually understand. And if you believe, you will see miracles. Now I'm going to give you a saying. 
אומר תודה על הרעש שיש לו בשמחה. He who believes says thank you for the bad things that happened to him happily. מי שלא יכול להגיד תודה על הרעש שיש לו בשמחה הוא לא מאמין. And he who cannot say thank you for the bad things that happened to him happily does not believe. אל תעשו שזה דרגל להאמין שהכל טובה זה לא דרגל זה Don't think that we're talking about some elevated level, believing that everything is for the better good. That's the minimal level of faith. I'm now going to give an example how a person needs to speak to Hashem. Hashem, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. And you love me. כואב לך על מה שרע לי יותר ממה שכואב לי. And you are pained by the troubles that I have more than I am pained by it. למשל, ניתן דוגמה, אין לו זיווג, נכון? Let's give an example, he's not married. הרי כואב לך שאין לי זיווג יותר ממה שכואב לי. You're pained that I'm not married more than I am pained by it. ואתה רוצה שיהיה לי זיווג יותר ממה שאני רוצה שיהיה לי זיווג. And you want me to be married more than I want to be married myself. בכל אופן, אתה לא נותן לי זיווג. And nevertheless, you didn't allow me to get married yet. אתה מחכה שאני אאמין בך. Why? Because you're waiting for me to believe in you. שאני אאמין שאתה אוהב אותי. That I believe that you love me. וכואב לך יותר ממה שכואב לי. That I, that I believe that it hurts you more than it hurts me. Because you want me to have more than I want myself to have. And that's why I'd like to say to you, thank you for not allowing me to get married in order to allow me to reach this understanding of faith. Always remember, you came to this world only for faith. That's why a person needs to know, before anything, before wanting to get married, to get well, to be rich, you first of all need to want to have faith in Hashem, to believe in Hashem. Why can't a person say thank you happily? Because he doesn't want faith. He wants what he wants. When you will want the faith, then you will be able to say thank you happily. When you really want the faith, then you will be able to say thank you happily. When you want faith, then you will be able to say thank you happily on all the bad things that happened to you. If you can't say thank you happily, it's because you don't believe. Don't think it's a high level. It just means that you don't have the base, you don't believe. How can you not have faith? The most important thing in this world is faith. The reason Hashem created this world is for faith. 
The most important thing that Hashem wants you to know is faith. Today, a person's level in this world and the world to come is only according to his level of faith. Therefore, a person first and foremost wants faith. When something bad happens to him, for example, he's not married, he goes to Hashem and he says to him, Hashem, you love me, this is what you wanted, thank you. I'm happy because I know and I believe in you, this is what you wanted to happen to me. You have bad thoughts, you're afraid you're going to die, you're afraid you're going to get sick. Say to Hashem, Hashem, I know that it pains you that I have such thoughts and anxieties more than it pains and troubles me. And you want me to have a healthy mind and soul. And you're just waiting for me to believe in you. Thank you for having such thoughts and anxieties. For every single thing. If this is what you want to happen to me, I want to say to you, thank you happily. Because I believe in you that you love me. And everything that you do is for my better good. If you can't say it happily, you don't believe in Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. There's so many more things I'd like to say to you, but what can I do? The clock is running. I'd like to really ask and beseech you. Today I went to the holy graves of Rabbi Chaim Zaidelman and the Ribbonitzer Rebbe and the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I also did an hour of it, but to do today, thank you, Hashem. And every single time I asked Hashem, that every single person that distributes the books that you wrote through me, that every single person shall have all the blessings in the world. I pray for them every single day. I even have a special play. When I go to the mikveh, I even do a special tevila for them, just for the people who distribute my books. Uh-huh. 
You also probably think that I myself also have a bit of pride. I all day hear praises. You saved my life. You saved my life all the time. I have a bit of faith. A bit. And I know that there's no one else except for him. And I know that there's no such concept as me. It's everything is Hashem. I always say to Hashem, thank you for writing these books through me. The Mexico, it happened to me in Mexico and in Miami. A non-Jew came to me with a book, The Garden of Faith, The Garden of Emunah. He just saw me, started crying. I have a bit of faith. Don't suspect me of having a pride. I have a bit, a bit of faith. I know that these books light up the world. These books are lifesavers. They save people's lives. Can I distribute the books on my own? Every place I go, I pray that there'll be more and more people that will realize that the most important thing that they can do is spread out the books to everyone. I'm asking you, each and every one of you, take at least 10 books, give them out to the people you know. It's worth your while. Every single day you're going to be in my prayers. It's worth it. Don't think that you're going to help me to become rich. Every single month I need more than a million dollars just to upkeep my institutions. I didn't come to ask you for money. Nowhere do I go when I ask for money. I just want everyone in the world to know Hashem, to believe in Hashem, to thank Hashem. I want people just to yearn to Hashem. That through these books they shall connect Hashem. That's what I want. I don't need money. For money, I didn't need to come to America. Smile. It's worth your while. Everyone take ten books. Start spreading them, distributing them, giving them. I don't really know how many books I've got left, but whatever's left, it's worth your while taking them. I'd like to bless you. Hashem hears the prayer. 
מחשבים, נכון? You know today they're computers. יש גם וואטאפים, יש קבוצות. There's groups in WhatsApp. מה אתם רואים עכשיו? גם יש קבוצות? What do you say? Is it worth being part of the groups? What do you think? You think now that Hashem has in His group all of your souls? Everyone that's here, I'm blessing you, you're all receiving it as a group. And then people come to me privately and say, no, I want you to bless me privately. I'm blessing you all now. The blessing applies to every single one of you here in this group. <laughs> you are in the group of Hashem. <laughs> now you're in Hashem's group. Isn't that beautiful? I'd like to bless you all through the power of all the tzaddikim that I'm connected to from Avraham Avinu till today. May Hashem grant you full and complete faith full and complete faith in yourselves that you should all know that you are only good And the bad is not you. The bad is the Yetzirah. And Hashem will give you the greatest gift in the world that every single day you'll have at least one hour of it the way it should be done. Every single day meeting with your Heavenly Father. And everyone needs to get married, will get married already this year. Amen. Amen. And all the men here will learn the book, The Garden of Peace and Briti Shalom. And they will have an hour of it every single day on the sanctity of them, of the, the sanctity and purity, and then they will have real and true peace and tranquility at home. Hashem will give you sons and daughters which will be righteous and holy. Hashem will give you an abundance of riches and panosa and livelihood. And, and you will always be happy. All the time happy. All the time for everything to happen. And you will also be able to pass these things on to others and to be Mizake Arabim. Amen. Those who allow others to pray. Amen. Thank you, Thank you.